Not sure if the path of your parents is the path for you? What questions do you begin with? What does self-discovery feel like? My journey of self-discovery has been both my privilege and my tribulation. I have lived life differently than most. I offer educational sessions on how to pursue your path. Links and contacts are in the bios. Welcome to the Sex and Humans podcast, episode one of season two. We are on season two with Gerard Adams. Gerard is a digital media entrepreneur, coach, fellow podcaster, and founder of Leaders Create Leaders. He founded the largest millennial online publication in the United States between 2010 and 2015 and sold that publication to the Daily Mail for $50 million. Gerard just returned from this year's Burning Man recently with his lessons on overcoming fears in the masculine. I met Gerard on a deep psychedelic journey in Joshua Tree two years ago as both of our lives were in transition, mine to Lisbon and his to fatherhood. So Gerard, right into it, how was the very, very wet, moist burn? <laughs> oh, brother, thank you so much for having me to open up season two, um, such a cool podcast that you thank have you. going on. And for all of you that are a part of this, man, this is... Uh, so epic because uh, when I got to hang out with John at that psychedelic journey in Joshua Tree, it was it was uh, life changing, transformative. But just like the deep conversations and the way that I was able to kind of peel back the layers of the fabric of the universe and this human experience <laughs> with, with with John was like unlike any other conversation I've ever had. So uh, yeah, just grateful to be here, brother. And uh, yeah, as far as the burn, you know, it's so interesting. I reposted a story. Um, Actually, it was a reel of a friend of ours, Maddie, that mm -hmm. <laughs> was like, we get back from the burn and everyone's just like, but what about the mud? What about the mud, man? You know, like right. it was like the mud apocalypse was like uh, everyone I feel who wasn't at the burn was kind of really highlighting on that. And, you know, I thought about go going in, you know, even you, you're pretty in tune with things. And I remember touching base with you last year before the burn this year, you were very much letting me know that. This year, the weather could be potentially a, an issue. And so I had really mm -hmm. thought about that. And I uh, luckily only uh, planned for five days, five nights with with my fiance. And so we were able to beat the burn, beat when the mud had, had come. Yeah. And, uh, and so my initiation kind of happened before getting there with like the airport losing my bags missing the flight, yeah. flat tire. And so I just feel like with the burn, like any ceremony, you know, you go through an initiate, especially if you're a virgin burner, you know, I feel like a lot, a lot of new burners were there this year. A lot of people who got tickets last yeah. minute because there was tickets everywhere. Like for some reason, this burn, so many people pulled out. And so I feel like, you know, I trust the burn the same way that I trust, like when I've, I've gone to retreats in Peru or Bali or Costa Rica, like the land knows what it's doing. I think this idea, this seed, I look at Burning Man now as like this, a seed that's been planted by the ancestors of Burning Man that I believe is one of the greatest seeds on the planet that's expanding consciousness in a very concentrated way. And um, at, this, at this unbelievable experience in this, with this community. And I feel like a lot of the, with this new generation that's kind of coming into Burning Man, it, it kind of needs a little tough love. You know what I mean? And I think it's going to wean mm -hmm. out some people I think it may kind of, it's doing what it needs to do to, I think, protect the ethos of Burning Man. I think people who are not adhering to, I know for me on my first burn, I, there was a moment for me where I 
disrespected one of the principles and leave no trace is one of those principles. And I remember being, you know, day five on my burn, I got lost, me and my girl got lost. It was like the most epic solo journey. I'm meeting people, I'm just discovering things. And I got to play Alchemist where a new friend was like, hey, do you want to go into a hape ceremony with me? We, we went through this beautiful ceremony and I left my water bottle, my, my canister there. And I remember we drove off and we're like, yeah, we're going to the sunrise party. And I left on my bike and I remember saying to myself, shit, I left my, my bottle. I should go back and get it. And in that moment, I had a choice point and I was like, and I chose to say, fuck it. And I went to the sunrise mm -hmm. party and that changed my burn completely. From that moment forward, the burn kind of just punched me in the face. My bike got taken. I was deep playa. I had no water. I had no, no sun protection. And I had to walk back. And I barely, I, I almost didn't make it back. It was like, it's like pleading for mercy with God, like, help me get back. Um, and I had a really big initiation. And so I feel like a lot of people had a lot of fun with the mud. And I think a lot of people probably got really initiated as well as, mm -hmm. uh, as the burn does. You got to be prepared. I mean, the, the self-reliance thing is, is, is really important and the community aspect. And, and that's what's interesting. I, I did not, this was the first burn that I really didn't attend that occurred uh, since 2013 or 14. And so, you know, going through that process for me, like the self-reliance, but also the community aspect mm. of how people come together when you do fuck it up, because you know, you get there, man, and, and it's like, you're as prepared as you can be, and sooner or later, you're not, right? I mean, <laughs> I had my, my most unprepared moment was on, like, my fourth burn. I was feeling very, very veteran, and uh, I had a problem and could not sit down, just got some chafing in a very, very uncomfortable area, and I had no solution. And, like, I couldn't sit. Finally, I just go to friends and I was like, do you have any like Tenactin or something, gold bond? And he was like, oh, I got you. <laughs> Spray gold bond like 25 minutes later and I was fine. But honestly, that was like Tuesday of my burn and I, I was done. I, I couldn't, I couldn't move. I couldn't walk. I couldn't sit. And wow. the, if I didn't, and there's no right aid, right? So I could, like, it was such a simple solution, but I didn't mm -hmm, have one mm -hmm. and finding someone to be like, Here's an entire bottle. Because he was like, by the way, I don't want this bottle back. <laughs> uh, uh, and it, that was one of my big lessons, right? Where I was like, wow, there's always going to be something. There's always that moment where you're like, if I just had a Phillips head screwdriver, I could fix all right. of this. But I don't. Um, I, I think th those are really interesting. And, and from a masculine point of view, that's, that comes a lot into my own masculinity, this act of being prepared, act of being, you know, uh, aware of being in control of things, right? Having all the things sorted out so that whatever happens, like that, that's always been a big part, at least my own masculine journey. Um, is that something that, that you've experienced? Like who, who plans the burn? Who sets up your experience? Make sure that you're, you've got your blankets and your things and your costumes and your warm clothes and your food and your water. Like who does that for you between in your world? I'm guessing it's you, but it might not be. Yeah, no, it's primarily me. Um, it definitely uh, takes 
a village at Burning Man. So I definitely can't take mm-hmm. all the credit. I do everything I can leading up to it, uh, preparing my clothes, getting my shelter, going and running and getting all my water, getting food, getting all those things. And then luckily this year, I mean, we, we had the most amazing camp leader, Gerald Rogers and his wife, Maya Rose, remarkable couple that put together an amazing camp. This year we had a chef. I was like, what? Like my first year mm-hmm. last year, like we did not have anything close to that. And um, this year, the, you know, the camp was really strong and providing, you know, a lot of resources, mm-hmm. but primarily I, I have everything figured out as well as my partner, Ashley, she's, she's different. She's an analyzer. So she's mm-hmm. like thinking about every little, little detail. Whereas I'm a little more like I'm, I'm learning how to be more prepared. Uh, that's something that I've been really working on is, is understanding as as the masculine, how do I um, create m- more safety, be more prepared? And so that's been something I've been leaning into a lot more. But I, I would say that, you know, Ashley played a big role in also making sure we, she had her list of like making sure we mm-hmm. get all these things covered. And I'm more sort of the one that's like, all right, I'll go and make sure I got, get all these things for us. Mm-hmm. I think that's important. You know, I've mentioned it before. It's, it's, a, it's a common running theme in this this uh, podcast, but starting off season two, we'll, we'll reiterate it. Whereas you know, my definition of masculinity and femininity have absolutely nothing to do with gender, sexuality, biology, or anything like that. It has to do with a way of thought, right? Mm-hmm. A masculine is a way of thinking, and it tends to be logical, analytical. Uh, it tends to be, you know, focused on results oriented, less on how things feel, and the feminine way of thinking tends to be process oriented, emotionally oriented, uh, an experience that says, why are we doing this versus necessarily how are we going to accomplish this? And I don't think those are necessarily related to the male and the female genders. I think there's a lot of very masculine women out there that also has Mm -hmm. nothing to do with how we present. So when I say that there's a lot of masculine women out there, those masculine women can look and present themselves and show up into the world in in any facet. They could be Giselle Bunchen, which or you know or, or not. And they, none of that matters. I think it's a, a failure of linguistics and, and an association of of qualities that dealt way more with our our past experience and culture than potentially our future experience and culture. So, like, I ask those questions because. I think all of us have masculine and feminine ways of thinking and ways of showing up and expressing into the world. And it doesn't really matter what our biologies are on which one does best for us. I think, mm. you know, for me, when I was growing up, I, it was highly encouraged that masculinity went with male. So I was always taught, identify your strengths and your weaknesses. But what they were actually saying was identify the masculine traits and try and accentuate those and minimize the feminine feminine traits inside of because I was a, a male. So leadership, uh, articulation, you know, uh, go go go, go get them, you know, that sort of thing, like power, control, safety, uh, and the feminine traits of emotionality and consideration and kindness, empathy. Those didn't really matter because that's not what made a man, and. I think I think the future is changing a lot, and that that's a big part of this this podcast. And you know, into that you know comes kind of an emotional resilience that I think is really 
really important. Uh, I was taught emotions were essentially not essentially weakness. I think that's a fair place to say it. So in your, in your process, and this, at this point, this can be related to burning man or not, right? It's, it's interesting because okay. you just started there, but, um, where, where have you found that to be applicable in your life? Where do you think you are in your life when it comes to your own expression of masculinity or femininity, given that uh, in other podcasts, we've defined them as yin and yang uh, and looking at, you know, less weighted definitions, right? Masculinity really holds a lot of maleness to it, but I just, I'm not so sure that's, that's correct, especially in the, the way our future is developing as fluid gendered human beings uh right and wrong right and everything is available you could be a hundred percent masculine male and a hundred percent feminine female and you can be the opposite and, and they're all legit ways to be so i really want people to understand who they are so they can show up into the world correctly as themselves not as the world has designed them to be so so yeah, so your masculinity, your emotional resilience, mm. where where do you think you 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 balance with those? Yeah, I love this conversation. Um it's so present for me and I just want to preface with saying like this is something that I'm recently working on. You know, actually I mm -hmm. heard recently that like as men, only the last 50 years have we really started to have these kind of conversations. Whereas agree. women, it's been like hundreds of thousands of years that they've had, they've yes. understood a lot of this, um, this ancient wisdom and, and this way of being. And for me growing up, like, I didn't know that I was more of a feminine dude. Like, I didn't know that. I thought something was kind of wrong with me. I kind of started to kind of just become a little more, uh, alone like kind of pull myself away like mm -hmm. i've always been a dude who's really in touch with his emotions and it was actually at the event that i met you like full circle mm -hmm. actually just, i remember being in the jacuzzi and i was with you and a few the other epic dudes some of them like younger like more gen z like wizards and and i remember being like acknowledging your guys intelligence i was like man you guys are so advanced so smart so like i can the way that you're able to speak so logically and and I remember getting a reflection back. It's like, hey, man, I really appreciate that because what I, what I love about you is how, how easily you're able to express your emotions. Like you're so in touch with your emotions. And that's something that's just come natural to me is I've actually been a little more in touch with my, my emotions. I'm, I'm more of a guy who's in flow. And, you know, I went to mm -hmm. art school when I was a kid and I'm a little more sensitive, you know, those kind of things. And I just recently kind of accepted that version of me. Like, oh shit, like mm. that is who I am. You know, like that comes natural to me and that's okay. You know, and I think when I was younger, I didn't think that that was okay. It made me weak, like you said. It was, I, I was Absolutely. not a real, I'm not a man. I need to, I need to hold back those emotions. I can't cry. I need to show up and, 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 and just drive and do. And, and that's how that I will be loved. And that worked for me for a really long time time. It's how I built that $50 million company. I've succeeded because I became addicted to the doing, right? Like if I achieve, 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 do, 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 I will get loved. I will be looked at as someone that, that is lovable. And so I 
crushed it as an entrepreneur. And I love that I have learned how to do that. But then I got to that point of exit and I realized, fuck, I'm not happy. Like this mm. isn't creating happiness for me. So I need to start kind of going within and realizing like, what is my purpose? And that kind of began my journey around 2015. I was 30 years old and then kind of going into thir my 33rd year, I started working with plant medicine that really started this evolution of me understanding the energetics between masculine and feminine and getting to really know myself, love myself and accept myself for who I am. And from that place, I've been able to then look at what have I been avoiding? How do I start to integrate this other part of me that does desire to be more masculine? that does want to be more direct and assertive. And I do want to be able to be more, uh, more of the rock and create safety for my, for my lover, safety for my nervous system, um, sh more structured. And I've been just really working on that recently. And I was Bernie man where I started recognizing, and I'm still like kind of pulling back these layers, looking at patterns, but at Burning Man, what I realized was there was dudes that I had met last Burning Man. You're actually, you probably experienced this with me, to be honest. And so I, I, I'll actually bring it forth to you as well. I was at Burning Man and I was connecting with some dudes that were at my camp last year. And I realized these dudes have been trying to connect with me, man. They've been trying to connect with me. And so, like I said to them, actually, I'll say it here on this podcast, man. Hey, I'm, I'm sorry, John. Like, I want to actually apologize on your podcast to you because I know that you have specifically also have been trying to connect with me over since we met two years ago. And I didn't realize that there's been a lot of good men that have been trying to build relationship with me, create intimacy, connection. And I've been putting up this invisible wall and subconsciously kind of keeping a, an arm's length and putting a shield because I'm. You know, I, I basically have this fear of being taken advantage of that I will let, like, they'll let me down, I'll let them down, I'll disappoint them. And so I actually am sabotaging the thing that I really want, which is actually more intimacy with men. Mm -hmm. And and to do that in a way where I can have true friendship, like real brotherhood, especially as a dad now, I'm like, man, I want to be surrounded with like these like conscious kings, man, these, these, these architects, these, the, the kings, the magicians, the lovers, the warriors, like men that are on the rise that want to go to the depths of their soul, rise in consciousness and do great work in the world. So we can raise a, a better, better generation, um, you know, for, for the future. And just, I realized that I was really pushing men away. And so I, uh, that's been a big lesson for me. I've actually started taking ownership of that, apologizing for, to men about that and starting to, now that I've recognized that pattern, I'm now actively building, now leaning in, how, leaning into these relationships, mm. having these kind of conversations like we're having now with them, creating more space to go deeper with men, because it's not that they're not, they weren't unimportant to me or I'm better than, or all the ways that I made, I made them feel because I'm, I'm not responding to text messages. I'm not getting back to them. It's just that I was, you know, a little boy that was kind of a little still afraid of, um, of these dudes. Cause growing up, man, I went through a lot of shit, a lot of violence, a lot of bullying, um, a lot of feeling like I'm not good enough or worthy, um, or manly enough. And mm -hmm. so I've been healing a lot of that recently. And, uh, 
and then also recognizing that there's been some intimidation. There's men that I've surrounded myself with and I'm like, wow, they are, so I'm more in tune and naturally great at the feminine side of me, which has allowed me to be creative and build these amazing businesses and create art in the world and have, uh, have these amazing revelations with my emotions, express my emotions, uh, be more in flow. Uh, but there's men that are actually more naturally masculine. And so now I'm leaning in with those men to learn from them. Like I've been surrounding mm -hmm. myself with some dudes that are like these like Navy SEALs, man. And they're just more naturally, they just, just embody this, this uh, safety. They embody giving direction. They, they're more assertive. So I'm like, oh man, I, I want more of that in my life. And so now I'm kind of learning what these energies mean. And I'm becoming uh, really inspired by embodiment work. How do I, how do I embody the in, and integrate the, the mastery of my own feminine and my own masculine? So I can then, I can know how to turn them, turn them on or off yes. a little bit more, right? If my girl needs me to create more safety, be more assertive, be more, give more direction, be more of the rock, I can turn that on, right? If I need to turn on, being more uh, and listening to my emotions, expressing those emotions, getting vulnerable, having more empathy, more kindness, be more in flow. I can turn that on. And really that's, that's where I'm at currently now. And so um, I'm excited because I really do believe that there's a huge movement of that's happening in the world with men. Men want to do this work. Men want to actually start learn how to embody what it means to be a man. And, uh, and that makes me and to really, redefine really excited. Redefine that. Redefine yeah. what it means to be yeah. a man. It's a great point. Yeah. I mean, you and I are on similar journeys in that sense. Uh, I mean, I went to the Naval Academy. Uh, in fact, the last uh, male that was on the podcast from season one uh, was a friend of mine who is and was a Navy SEAL. Uh, it's funny you mentioned that. Um, <laughs> but we've, I, I've really looked at this, this experience and seen how I show up. Very similar story. I mean, different circumstances, but I think the consequences of those circumstances was probably the same and that the way that you engaged your circumstances was similarly in the way that I engaged mine uh, and, and the lessons that I learned, right? I mean, I went from the Naval Academy to real estate investor to actor to founded two companies, one still in operation. Uh, and been to the burn eight times and now my fingernails are painted and <laughs> you know but but it, and and all of that i think used to be a direct challenge of our masculinity of our manliness of our sexuality and it just really doesn't have anything to do with those things it just really doesn't i mean as 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 well-rounded people as i think you were becoming and i am becoming i, I don't think you ever really achieved that and get there. There's always more to to polish off. But as we're going through that, I mean, I'm very similar. I mean, know yourself is tattooed on my wrists mm. um, in Kryptonian Latin, and if that means anything to you, it it, it means something to you. Uh, and that that's why it's there. I think this art of learning who we are is a population, both men and women, but as a male, I'm much more apt to speak to the journey of what it's like to move through the world as a man versus a woman, right? There's, there's women that I'm sure 
I, I know are doing this for people that are women and that's how they move through the world because we just get we get responded to differently. I was at a festival on this weekend and uh, they were handing and we, we had a, uh, you know, a nice little table and at the, behind the stage and it was really great. And we were having drinks and when they passed out the, uh, the wristbands so that you could enter, the men got one version and the women got a different version. And the women's version was allowed to go up and stand next to the DJ. The men's weren't. And I was, I even leaned into the, the, host and i was like that's a little sexist isn't it and she turned and she goes it's super sexist and i hate it but this is what i have to do and the way the world treats men and women is very different but the way that we choose to respond and it's positive and negative the way we choose to respond to that is how involved we are and how educated we are in our own versions of masculinity and femininity because I think you're right. It's a choice. That's what I mean. It's a way of thinking. It's a way of problem solving. Is this a masculine solvable problem or a feminine solvable problem? Uh, and we used to be very codependent, I think, in our relationships. And if it was a masculine problem, mm. the woman looked to the man and said, figure it out. And when it was a feminine problem, the man looked at the woman and said, feed the kid. Right. Right. And now we're we're maturing as a species it, to put it as, as, as global and as large as that. I think we are evolving and maturing as a species and we are becoming to your point, whole human beings. And that's going to change relationship dynamics. That's going to change how we relate, how we engage in the world. And the more we educate ourselves about this, I think the better off we're all going to be, you know, and, and, and that is where the personal growth comes from. Right. And I know you have a leaders create leaders thing, uh, a program with that and the personal growth. How important is that to your process when leaders need to instruct other leaders? You know, where does personal growth kick in? First of all, I, I love what you just what you said. I really like to me, that's where I'm really excited about our species. It really is maturing and we are coming into a place of understanding wholeness and like really knowing ourselves and this 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 new relationship with ourselves, which then is from the inside out is creating new relationship to everything, including our planet, which is so desperately needed at this point for our species even to survive. And so mm -hmm. I'm really grateful for platforms like this, where we are having these kind of conversations and we're just doing the work. Shout out to everyone who's listening to this, that is doing the work. Cause this shit is hard. This shit is hard work. Every single day we're learning how to respond and how to create safety for our nervous systems and, and learning about ourselves and growing and yeah, just be in being relationship, not only with ourselves, but then with our spouses and with our family and with our past and then the new people coming in. I mean, it's, it's just a lot. And then with God, right. Or whatever you believe mm -hmm. in from spiritually, it's, you know, it's just, it's a lot of work and it's also a uh, perspective, you know, it's a lot of fun. And it's full spectrum. And again, pulling it back to Burning Man, that's what I love about Burning Man. It's like full spectrum, the microcosm of just like from the lowest of lows to the highest of highs. And I feel like that when we get into uh, into this work, we can actually experience the fullness of both of those things. And that's beautiful. And that's powerful. And with this short life that we have, with this short amount of time that we have to actually experience it in this human form, like that's 
my prayer is that everyone fully gets to experience life to its fullest because yeah, it's just, uh, it's so unique that we have this. It's so much more than we were taught. It's so much more than I was instructed about, right? So much more than go to college, get married, have a kid, get a job, to raise those kids, don't beat your wife, you know, show up, uh, don't drink too much, have grandkids die. And that it's so much more than that. And if, if you have the willingness to explore, it's terrifying. I call it exiting the matrix where we, we, we leave the safety net of our cultural community that was very limiting. And now we're all on our own and we look around and to your point, it becomes critical to find both women and men in our circles to help relate to because we're all, we are, we are outside the boundaries of, of cultural safety. Cultural safety taught us that, you know, if this, then that don't do this because that will be weird. Don't do psychedelics because you're going to learn something and like, it's going to, it's going to, it's just going to mess up this whole cultural experience that we've set up for you. So don't do that. It'll break the system. And it's not that they are bad. It's, it does break the system. I mean, I think you're right. Right. It it just does. Uh, It teaches you things about the world that the culture was not ready for you to learn. And one, one of them has to submit, either the culture has to submit or you have to submit to the culture. And I'm very excited about the number of people, specifically men that are excited about existing outside of their culture. And that doesn't mean that everybody is wild and crazy and going to orgies and doing the thing. It's not what it means. It means everybody is self-expressive and self-interested in their who they are and what they want. And what they want, if you find that it's truly within the culture, that's great. I mean, for me, in a, from a sexual context, I found that I am a very straight human being. That actually took a lot of work because as I started to explore intellectually who I was, I had to engage because I, like you, have a large feminine energy. I had to engage. Well, what does that mean? Because I was taught that feminine energy meant I was gay. Gay, And right. Right. Because that's what it is. And I was like, but I'm really not into like, I have no interest in this whatsoever. It took a lot of experiences uh, to, for me to really look at myself and be like, that is, that is not who I am. Right. Mm, I, I, this is what I'm interested in as me. And it's not yeah. a cop out. I'm not afraid of it. I'm not, I'm not ignoring. It's just not who I am. It took a lot right. because, you know, oh, you must, maybe you're bisexual. Maybe, but I'm not. That's just, that's just not who I am. And I'm okay with that now. And that's such a different place of being like, I'm not gay. Right. It's such a different place. It, it, even though both of us can say the same thing. Like that's what it yeah. is for me. And that was probably my one of a huge step because I looked very young when I was younger and I had a very feminine look. So, you know, th- that was, that was a constant uh, derogatory comment tw- thrown towards me in a bullying scenario when I was in like high school, even though I was an athlete, I mean, it was constantly that sort of back and forth. Uh, it wasn't until I, I developed much later in life physically around 25 to 30 that that stopped going away. 
And then I started painting my fingernails. <laughs> <laughs> now you're so comfortable. I was like, I, I'm yeah. going to fuck it. But I, I think That's you mentioned something man. really interesting, man. Like when you were talking, it, it made me think of like forgiveness and this growth that we have. And it's hard every single day. And I think the first step you have to recognize is like we have to forgive yourself when you when you when you don't do a good job because that was really difficult for me i would play back scenarios where i know i failed either in an interaction with someone or in a situation whether that be customer service on a telephone and you just lose your shit because <laughs> it's just infuriating and you're like ah that wasn't great forgiveness tomorrow's another day take another step, right? If there's uh, amends to be made, make those amends. But, you know, allow yourself the freedom to make mistakes because you're going to. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I, I think to me, that's a big part of this, this empowerment journey and, and where a lot of people get caught up. That's how we learn. You know, I always tell my yeah. team, if we're not making mistakes, we're not moving forward, right? We got we got to experiment with ourselves. We got to explore. That's how we learn, like, who we are, what our values are, what, you know, what our boundaries are, what our desires are, what our needs are, all of these things, uh, what our dreams are. We have to be willing to go there. And, and that's mm -hmm. the deep. That's the deep work. That's the into the unknown, which is a new podcast capsule that I'm doing right now around this Amazing. topic of masculinity. And it's just like, we got to go into the unknown a little bit, right? We got to pull back. We got to exit this matrix like you're talking about. Yeah. And, um, and to answer your question earlier, you know, within regards to personal growth and leadership, like for me, I, first and foremost, I'm just, I'm so excited because it's now this idea of investing in yourself is, trickling down to like gen z this next generation mm -hmm. and like even now like i just had a daughter my daughter's 18 months old and she's got didgeridoos and she's hitting sound bowls and she's been around she's learning breath work i mean this kid's one years old i'm like what where would i be with a dad who understood consciousness i didn't even hear the word conscious or consciousness yeah. until i was like 30 you know what i'm saying so it's like this next generation it's so exciting to think about what they're going to be creating in the world. And, and, um, and the work we're doing is just so important as millennials. And so for, for one, the, the leadership work I'm doing is called ancestral leadership and truly understanding where we come from so that we can understand where we're going and so that we can mm -hmm. integrate some of this wisdom from our ancestors because this work has been going on for generations. There's been so much vision. There's been so much, this new psychedelic, revolution is really not so new, right? Like there's been seeds that have been planted right. so long ago. Um, for It's really for just centuries, a break for centuries. most of our generation, right? I mean, after like the late 70s to the early 80s, when all that went schedule one, it was that was really the, you know, just say no to drugs from the, the Reagan administration that carried over. And now it's just coming back. But to your point, you know, I mean, the 60s and the 70s certainly Not even, had, even had further a bunch back of it, in, and then further back, even more. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I just saw this author at Summit at Sea talking about how he devoted 12 years of his life just to prove that the compound of, from, from psychedelics was in a, uh, a artifact from ancient Greece, 
you know, how they mm. were working with it back in ancient Greece and then into the, then it was found in Rome from the Romans and then into what became the birth of Christianity. Um, mm -hmm. And without going into that whole rabbit hole, it's just exciting to me to see this whole evolution of that is now personal growth of us all getting into understanding consciousness, understanding ourselves. And I believe the future of business, the new paradigm of business is this. I think it is creating leaders within our organizations and creating these divisions for me of what I'm calling human potential development. And I feel that when we are all doing that individually, but we're also bringing that into our company cultures and we're building businesses from that place where we're investing in our people and we are creating a healthy, safe, purposeful culture where everyone feels like they're at home. They feel like they are, they belong. They feel aligned to their, to the purpose of that company. They feel that they can express themselves. They can be, you know, that they, that the work they're doing is important, that it's meaningful and that they're learning about themselves. They're continuing to, to learn and grow. And that company is investing in them just as much as it's investing back out into the world. And I think that this regenerative new way of business and leadership is sustainable and it's the future. And for me, I'm just really excited uh, that it's, that it's now going into that direction because it's, it's changing everything from this greed and control and power into a new dynamic that I believe that our, this next, these next generations are going to continue to store, which is more based on sustainability and abundance and love and healing. And this is kind of what we need again for our species to survive. And business mm -hmm. is just so powerful, right? Like think about capitalism and the what what can happen if we transform these companies and these businesses? Um, and it starts with us, right? Like it really does. It starts with us first. And then from yeah. there, now what where, where can you go and build that dream business or how can you find a team, a company that you align with now to, to put your skills and your genius into. And so uh, that to me is, is the work of, of my life. I love that, man. I mean, we're very aligned in that scenario. But uh, let's wrap up in the, with a story from Burning Man that's, okay. <laughs> uh, you know, just something, something that you like, something that maybe happened to you in this last one that, that encapsulates some of this, some of what we're talking about, right? Whether it's a I got lost, you know, the last one, I got lost with the water bottle. That's mm. great. You know, let's just wrap up with that. And, uh, you know, I, I like listening to stories and I definitely like listening to burn. Thanks stories bro. Cause yeah, that last year was the self-reliance was the big one this year. I had two intentions, which was intimacy and possibility. And I kind of touched on the intimacy of one a little bit. So I'll kind of go into the possibility and basically on it, this time when I got lost with my, with my girl, cause we tend to always lose each other, which is literally beautiful. Cause you know, we have a kid, mm -hmm. we live together. We're like constantly together. So that, that, that break of codependency and letting each other go and just be liberated and trusting is, is so healing for us every year. But this year I knew not to leave my, my, leave anything behind. I actually was like super present with picking up all the moop you know, and picking up things and just really treating the playa with reverence. And this one night, man, it led me to the sunrise. And mm -hmm. this night was the night of the full moon. It was like this full blue moon. I believe they, the moon represented this mm -hmm. great mother and, you know, the mountains. And so I was, I went into deep playa 
it, it was a little different this year with Mind Warrior because Mind Warrior burned down, so there's no mm -hmm. Robo Heart. And but I decided to peel away from the from the dancing this time. And I gravitated with these two girls and we sat down directly parallel to the temple, which was like beautiful. And here we are with this beautiful, and I've never, ever looked at the sun the way I looked at it this time. It was freaking like, and I was on L. So it was just like freaking blue and purple and everything. It was just insane. And I was just doing some Tai Chi, pulling it into my pineal gland with this intention of tapping more into my greatness, harnessing more of my greatness. And then behind me is the full moon directly and we had this hape ceremony setting this these intentions these two girls had both lost their dads both their fathers had passed away and so they were opening up to me about their fathers passing away i was opening up about becoming a father and we just cried man and it were the most you know that was those that cry that's just like the healthiest cry in the world like beautiful tears just giving that back to the playa and then as i'm sitting there behind this unbelievable son the masculine unbelievable full moon behind me the feminine two next to me these two powerful goddesses and then out of nowhere this fireman dude masculine dude walks up he sees us he walks over and he's like hey guys would you like some ginger hot tea and this dude had a full-on hot pot of fresh made ginger tea mm -hmm. and pours this ginger tea that just like nourished my soul dude and in that moment it activated the second intention of possibility where i just got this hit of like go all in g on this move this movement around ancestral leadership and build an art project around it doesn't need to be the just the traditional book or the traditional coaching program like turn it into this beautiful uh art art expression art project and so it just it was amazing man and that it just blew my heart wide open it was a beautiful a beautiful uh moment for me at burn. That's awesome, man. Sure. I, I think that's, that's a great way to wrap. I mean, it's that, that is the essence of burning man. That's the essence of, you know, the masculine, the feminine in this context. It's a great story. Thank you so much. Uh, I really appreciate you being on here. I appreciate your time and your, your intelligence and your both mm -hmm. emotional intellectual, uh, to share because we need to, we need to begin to do this more and more and more with people because to your point, I agree with you. There is a masculine movement coming. Yes. And I will say that it's got a positive. It's also got a negative out there that's coming. Yes. And 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 making its making its way. And if I still think the adage says, you know, when good humans do nothing, that's when evil happens. And you know, this is our this is my attempt, your attempt to participate, to communicate at a global level and say, this is how not to pursue masculinity in a way that's destructive, right? This is how we pursue it in a way that's positive, right? Masculinity is, in and of itself is not toxic. Being an asshole is toxic. And there's a difference. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so again, thank you so much, Jared. It's, uh, it's, it's really, really great to kick this off with you. And, uh, and thank you so much. Absolutely, brother. You're sending you so much love on season two. Cannot wait to come and see you. Um, or if you come to the States, you got to come and check out the lake house and sending you so much love and appreciation, brother. And uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, over and out. Not sure if the path of your parents is the path for you. What questions do you begin with? What does self-discovery feel like? 
My journey of self-discovery has been both my privilege and my tribulation. I have lived life differently than most. I offer educational sessions on how to pursue your path. Links and contacts are in the bios. Thank you for listening to the Sex and Humans podcast. My name is John David Whalen, powered by Riverside FM.